Working Fans Podcast. Cool. Yep. All right, here we go. Coming down three, two. And at the Working Fans Podcast, this is just a podcast that three lifelong fans created to have a place to talk comedy and pro wrestling. Now, our comedy podcast releases every Tuesday, while our wrestling podcast releases every Thursday. We release bonus episodes under the moniker Working Fans Presents every now and then. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, any major podcast provider. The important thing is just please like, rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen to us. Now, we have started a new thing. We are now on Amazon and Audible. So those episodes release every Monday. And that's kind of going through the archives and just releasing our old episodes in a new area. So if you want to live through the process with us again, take that journey with us again. You can find us over on Amazon and Audible. If you can't get enough of us in the audio form, check out our YouTube. It's youtube.com slash C slash Working Fans Wrestling Pod, or just search Working Fans Podcast on YouTube. We have the whole archive is up there. And if you listen to the Working Fans Podcast, you are more than familiar with the 531. That is our signature segment where we take your top five list on a particular subject, vote it down to a top three, and then debate it down to a top one. If you want to hear three guys talk shit about comedy, wrestling, life, anything, you will enjoy the Working Fans Podcast. Find us on Twitter, that's at fansworking. Facebook, Working Fans Pod. We've got email where you can reach out to us and please contact us to let us know what you think of the podcast and for any ideas that you might have. That's workingfanswrestlingpod at gmail.com. We're on Instagram where you can keep up with us at workingfanswrestling underscore pod and we can continue to do what we love and bring you guys in as fans. We want to take a minute to thank our newest sponsor on the show, 482 Designs. That is F-O-U-R, the numbers 82designs, 482designs. You can find them on Facebook by looking up F-O-U-R, 82designs, at F-O-U-R, 82designs on Instagram. And if you want to email them, go to F-O-U-R, 82designs at gmail.com. Pretty soon, we're going to be rolling out some high-quality T-shirts and stickers that were just done by the sponsor. Please check them out for any of your screen printing needs. First off, it's light years better than our first one. Also, we divide the washer and dryer. They look good, and they're good quality. Nice. And those stickers before Paco chewed them up were amazing. And luckily, we'll be getting some more in, hopefully, before we start selling them to fans. But that's F-O-U-R-8-2 Designs. All right, everybody. It's the Working Fans Combat Cast Edition. Dave and Chevy back at again. Got a couple things we'll talk about, I think, before we do our 5-3-1 today, which will be greatest MMA upsets. Let's look at uh, this weekend's pay-per-view card. UFC 265. I'll just point out a prelim fight here. Chevy. You're going to have to help me with uh, the, annun- the enunciation of one of these guys. Not Bobby Green, who I'm very familiar with. Rafael Fazeev? Fazeev, yeah. That's a who's, guess. Who's got a kickboxing record, too, by the way. He's got, like, 39 wins. 
eight losses, 29 by knockout. And his MMA record is like nine, nine and one. Nine and one, yeah. Yeah, so a lot of experience. I, I saw a highlight recently of him knocking someone out. Now, I don't know who it was, but it wasn't uh, a fairly recent fight. Yeah, God, what's the guy's name? Makano? Anton Makano there? Oh, Hanato, yeah. Yeah, Hanato Makano. Yeah, he, um, he, Makano's got some big wins on his yeah, like yeah. yeah, he just knocked him out. Yeah, he's on a three fight win streak, beat Mark Del Casis. Out to Casey's, yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a stand-up fighter too, so I think Fazeev's mostly a stand-up fighter. So I mean, Bobby Green, he'll do some wrestling, but he's also mostly a stand-up fighter. Um, yeah. Big step up in competition, though. Yeah, I'm looking at Bobby Green right now. Bobby's won a bunch of his last fights. I think he lost his last one. But he'd won before that. Together, they have about like six performance bonuses. I want to say between them. So twenty yeah. that main uh, main fight on the prelims. Got to get everyone to buy the pay per view. Fireworks. So Song Ladong and Casey Kenny kicking it off. Good fight. Um, I like Song Ladong. He's a guy that always brings it too. I think Team Alpha Male guy. Yeah, I like him. I think I think he might get it done. Uh, Casey Kenny's coming off that split decision loss to Dominic Cruz too, where he was competitive in so mm-hmm. you know that's man, i don't know maybe maybe casey gets it done what do you think i'm gonna go with song he, yeah. he's got the power for sure dom's not knocking a lot of dudes out so true, true. he's also and on then, the downslope of his career as much as i hate to say it but right might have just well, caught him at the right time well we'll find out we'll see what casey yeah. brings to the table in this fight mm-hmm. now after that, we got Tisha Torres and Andrew Hill. Andrew Hill loves to stay busy. Tisha Torres, to me, is always one of those tough fights, too, stylistically. I don't see her get finished too often, so I think this will go the distance. Hill's one that keeps improving constantly to me, though. I'm going to pick Andrew Hill here, but just barely. I'm going to pick Tisha Torres because Angela Hill always gets screwed by the judges, but her fights always go to decision. So uh, I'm going to go with Tisha because okay. Hill's going to get screwed by the judges. All right, there we go. Judges. Screw over Tisha Torres. All right, so we got Michael Chiesa and Vicente Luque. Vicente Luque, I think he's got the bigger, heavier hands in this fight. I think he loves to bring it. But Chiesa has been such a monster, and he's been so good at wrestling people down to the ground at welterweight. And that might be a problem with some people. I don't think he's going to have that problem here. I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to. I think Luque can catch him if he's not careful. But I think Chiesa will wrestle him, hold him down, maybe beat him up a little bit. And he could get the submission finish, but I think it'll go to decision. I agree. I think it's going to go, just like you said, it'll be a, could get a submission, but it'll probably be a, uh, he'll grind him out. He's just good at nullifying his opponent's offense. He looks great at welterweight. Luke is a good benchmark for where his skill set will be at in this division, though. So he gets this win. He could be, you know, fighting a top five guy next. I agree. I agree. And I hope he gets it. I'm a big Kiesa fan. Same. Jose Aldo versus Pedro Munoz. Uh, to me, Pedro Muniz is always the guy who got in that dogfight with Cody Garbrandt and knocked him out. He's skilled. He's one of the best in this division, but I don't know if he's as good as Aldo. I feel like Aldo is still good enough that in this division. He's going to be that top five guy. You know, He's just not going to beat the top two or top three, and I think that's where it is. I think Aldo gets this done, but I'm kind of rooting for Muniz. I'd kind of like to see some new blood. Go a little further up the ladder here, and I like to see Pedro Munoz get it done. Perfectly a dogfight. I'm sure neither of their corners are hoping for that, but I think this one could be fireworks, and I think Munoz might be able to get it done. I'm leaning towards my heart's leaning towards him, 
but my mind says Aldo still has enough in the tank to get this done. I think this is going to be fight of the night. That's probably why it's the co-main. That being said, I think Pedro gets a TKO finish, probably third round. Okay. Okay, I'm, I'm pulling for you there. I was thinking all the decision, but I'm hoping you're right. And main event, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, Sirogan. Sirogan, like most of Derek Lewis's top opponents to me, looks like the better all-around fighter. That being said, Derek finds a way to win these usually. And the things that would be a problem for Derek, wrestling, stuff like that, I don't think are going to be a problem here. I think Gon's going to want to keep it standing. Mm-hmm. And I think Derek will find his opening. So on paper... This looks like Gon should win it. But if you've ever watched Derek Lewis fights, I think this is the perfect style opponent that Derek will find a way. I think he'll lose a lot of rounds, and then he's going to knock him out in the third or fourth. So I think this is going to be a super boring fight unless yep. you love the anticipation of Gon possibly you know, getting caught. Right. It's going to be a lot of Gon footwork and Derek Lewis like slowly shuffling towards him. Just like you said, he's just going to be looking for that one big right hand. Right. Um, I agree that Gon will probably try to keep it standing. Obviously, Derek Lewis is not shooting for a takedown. The only uh, variable I can think of is Derek gets too excited because it's in his hometown in Houston. Mm. Um, I think he really wants this win and get a shot back at Francis. Sure. So, uh, obviously, we're all pulling for the Black Beast. He's the best. So. Yeah, I think the UFC is in a pretty win-win situation here. I mean, Gon would be an undefeated heavyweight if he wins. But Derek Lewis, who technically has that victory over Black, uh, I'm sorry, over Naganu last time. Even technically, though it was boring, yeah. Yes, a boring-ass fight. And he's such a favorite by everybody. If he can beat Gon, especially finish him with a KO, you know, and having the interim belt, which doesn't really make a difference. But just the look of it and everything, I guess, you know, champion versus champion. Just to market it. I don't know. I think UFC's in a pretty good position with this fight. It's interesting. I did hear that Dana was saying that John Jones can fight. So whoever wins this fight will fight Francis. And whoever wins that fight can fight John Jones. Unless Jones wants to fight Stipe Miocek right now. Stipe's already agreed to fight, according to Dana. What do you think about that fight, too? Stipe and John Jones. I think that would be a very interesting fight at heavyweight. Before I do that, I just want to call the Gon and oh, yeah. Lewis fight. is yeah. gonna. I'm going with Derek Lewis, head kick, knockout uh, <laughs> in the second round. Second round, head kick. I like that. I'm just willing it into existence. I just want that to happen so bad because that would be hilarious. Back to Stipe John Jones. That is, until we see John Jones at heavyweight, it's really hard to call. He got hit a lot at light heavyweight, especially his last few fights. Mm. Can he take those? I mean, he's never been knocked out, obviously. So he's been hit hard by some... Some guys in light heavyweight, but you know he didn't get he didn't fight Rumble like right. No one's hit him like he's gonna get hit by Stipe or Francis or something, you know. So I think that might be the best matchup or the worst matchup for John Jones would be mm. Stipe because he's good everywhere, and I think Stipe matches up well with him in wrestling and striking. Stipe's been there; he knows he can take any shots that John Jones dishes out. The only thing is, John Jones has great range management and he'll throw Mm -hmm. kicks and be a little bit more versatile than most heavyweights but see if john looks if he hopefully i mean 
we're not big John Jones fans, so I'm hoping he looks slower mm-hmm. and he still mm-hmm. takes all those shots and he just gets knocked out. But if he doesn't look any slower, he can still wrestle. He can still move. He's going to dominate heavyweight. We don't know if he's not going to have knockout power that way too. Right. He so might. the extra, yeah. And I'll argue too, like I agree with you saying, but you could almost wonder if Stipe is a better matchup for him because even though Stipe is more well-rounded, he doesn't have that lights-out power. I mean, he has power, like I will have you always do, but he doesn't have that lights-out power of a Nagano or a Lewis. Right. Or that's the X factor, right? So, I mean, in some right. ways, it could be a good fight for John. In some ways, if John is sluggish, well, then it's the most skilled heavyweight all around. So that's mm-hmm. the which is a giant X factor. I, I hope we see that fight. I, I hope they make that because I'd love to see Stipe get a big fight if he's not going to get the title fight next. And Very interesting to... fight. Very yeah. interesting. All right, let's talk. We're going to go right into it now. Greatest MMA upsets of all time. I'm going to read some lists for you and get your opinions on them. Then I'll ask you for yours and I'll give you mine. All right. So uh, I got my man Dan Backley of Cage My IQ. He sent me a list. He's got, and I feel like some of these are going to be repeated. Matt Serra versus GSP. The first fight, obviously. Holly Holm defeating Ronda Rousey. Daniel Cormier wins the Strike Force Heavyweight Grand Prix as an alternate, which, you know, nobody knew yeah. how Cormier was going to be at that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chris Reidman beats Anderson Silva, and that would be, again, first the one. first fight. Yep. And then this is a good one, too. Fabricio Redoom beats. Fedor. What do you think? I'll get your opinion on the Cormier one first, because I feel like we're not going to see that one again. I didn't think about that one. Super interesting. It's a, it's a very good point. It may belong on, on the list, and I think you're right. You probably won't see it on a lot of them. No, I didn't, think, no. I didn't think about that until you had just said it. So Yeah, just I mean, to win the whole tournament as an alternate is pretty impressive. I mean, he, think he beat Josh Barnett in the finals, mm-hmm. and before that, I know he had beaten like Bigfoot Silva, who Bigfoot Silva had a lot of steam at that time. Bigfoot Silva, I think, also had a win over Fedor coming into that. And I know Cormier himself said that was a scary time. Like, you know, he's new in MMA and you're fighting Bigfoot with those heavy hands. I got my man Cran here. He's got a list, and he always brings up something interesting, so I'm sure he'll have one It's a little For different. sure, for sure. Most of these seem to make sense, though. Rockhold Bisping, two. two. Obviously, one Bisping, one. Yeah, Rousey home. Dillashaw Burrell, one. Bigfoot Overeem, the aforementioned Bigfoot. And here's one where I don't necessarily know if it was a giant upset, but it's interesting to me. It goes Andros versus Pettis. Yeah, I mean, Pettis was on Wheaties boxes. Right. Yeah, He was the, the face of the UFC, great-looking champion. So, I mean, that's a good shot. That's a good list from Cran. Shout-out to Cran. Shout-out to Cran. My man, Cran. I, uh, I think what was interesting about that is, like, yeah, maybe Pettis was a big star, at the time, but yeah, I don't know. Does Anderson was so good? What about Bigfoot Overeem too? That's one I think that was an interesting one to have out there. Scary Overeem. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about Overeem had it a lot. He just came off that victory over Brock. He was a Strike Force champion, all the titles, and everybody thought Bigfoot was just going to be on his way. He was on his way to win a world title shot at the time, and then yeah. boom, Bigfoot. <laughs> he was juiced up probably at the time as well. And he was like, nah, son, I got these hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was when, uh, that was Uberim, and he had no neck. Yeah, yeah. I got uh, another list here from Randy Osga. He's got Chris Weidman versus Anderson Silva, UFC 162. Rousey versus Home, 193. Shout out to Randy for giving me the UFC events in this. Matt Serra versus George St. Pierre, UFC 69. Bisping Rockhold, one, UFC 199. And then here's one that's a little different. I'm glad everybody brought something a little different here. Randy Couture 
Tim Sylvia, UFC 68. I believe this is where Randy Couture won the heavyweight title, which you know, kind of cemented his legacy a little bit too, being a multiple-class world champion in different weight classes. You know, I'll just ask you about Weidman Silva, because I know we've had it on the list, but just some comments on that, because you were starting to get an MMA around this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one also made it on my list too. He, Anderson Silva was the best mixed martial artist of all time at that time, and he was embarrassing his opponents. And Weidman, with the help of Ray Longo and Matt Serra, was undefeated at the time. I think he was like 9-0 or something like that. Yeah. So he came in confident, couldn't touch Anderson, and then Anderson got a little bit cocky, but Weidman clipped him and then showed it wasn't a fluke in the second one. Shout out to Longo, too, who orchestrated the two biggest upsets of all time on these lists, too. That's right. Yeah. So Underrated coach. Yeah. Punch a hole in his fucking chest. <laughs> yeah. Our man, Carney Osada, sent us the list here. Bisping still hiding versus, out somewhere. Still hiding. Still hiding under the ring somewhere. <laughs> Sarah versus GSP. That was his first one, actually. Because in his words, too, nobody knew who the hell Matt Sarah was at this time. And he said, barely people know who he is now. <laughs> That's the greatest <laughs> upset of all time. His words, not Biden. Bisping versus Rockhold. Uh, he also told me, too, one of the things about this, too, is like he never thought he'd be rooting for Bisping around that time, but he ended up loving Bisping. And he said Bisping was a cocky, arrogant fighter, but somehow Rockhold was more cocky and arrogant. Yep. And he obviously took him lightly. And Rockhold's chin never recovered. And I got to agree with a lot of what he's saying there because, I mean, Rockhold just had his hands down. And I remember I just found myself kind of rooting for Bisping that weekend just because, you know, it's a Cinderella story. You know he had been in the UFC for so long. And, but I thought it never happened. But boom, he caught him. Mm-hmm. Another one he had on his list, Thug Rose versus Hoana Dejacek. I thought that was a great one to have on there. He was live for that too, by the way. So good on him. That was one. The way it happened too, I think we all thought that Rose might be able to catch her later or maybe flying our bar or something. Yeah, slick submission because she has a, but with strikes and getting her tapping strikes in the first round and just going there. And amazing. No. Oh, amazing. I don't know if I've ever been so hyped for a win. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. He's also got Gabriel Gonzaga versus Mirko Krokop on here, which was a huge upset because Gonzaga really never did anything on the level of Krokop or mm-hmm. do anything of that afterwards. But he ended up not only he gets the big win, but the way he does it, he basically crow-cops crow-cop with a giant yeah. head kick that just folds him. It looks like he's lawn furniture. It's awful. It was, it was a brutal, brutal knockout, yeah. Yeah, absolutely brutal. And I can see why that made his list. And then one that I think almost makes everybody's list, Holly Holm versus Ronda Rousey. And he said what was particularly shocking about this was if you look at a lot of his other picks, a lot of them might be flash knockouts. He said, but with Holly Holm, she went out, executed a game plan, and kind of embarrassed Ronda. Basically mm-hmm. stopping the takedown and then, you know, beating her up in the clinch and then boom, head kick. So she really kind of outclassed Ronda and nobody really saw this coming. Like, you know, people might have speculated, but it was just hugely shocking for this to happen. At the time, people were talking about Ronda Rousey beating up men in, right. her, in that weight class. So, no, I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. I didn't see that coming. Hell no. Absolutely not. And actually, before we go, I'll read you mine. I got Bigfoot versus Overeem. I actually jumped on the bandwagon with that one. Weidman versus Silva won. Again, Silva, one of the greatest fighters of all time. It's outstanding. Sarah GSP, you have to have on there. Dillashaw Barrow. A few people had this on the list. To me, you got to also point out the fact, too, that Barrow, I think, had one loss in his career. It was like his first loss. And then he won like 20-something in a row. 
unbelievable at the time. He's killing everybody. And Dillashaw is like this Cinderella story, like, ah, be a big upset. He completely outclasses morale. Forget about what we were just talking about with Holm versus Rousey. Dillashaw embarrasses morale. Dismantles him, yeah. Dismantles him, takes his soul away from him, and morale is never the same after that fight. Absolutely. Changed him. Yeah. Changed the tra- trajectory of his career after that. Yeah, it was, just, and then he brutally kicks him in the head, and uh, you know, and Holman Rousey had the final on my list. But hats off to the Dillashaw who got the win over Corey Sandhagen a few weeks ago. I know we talked a little bit about that. Just a mm-hmm. quick sidebar on that. I just like so impressed. Like you know, like I think people who were just think that oh you no, know, Dillashaw is just EPO and all this. I think he showed that although it was a tough competitive fight, I think that's more on Sandhagen just being that good. It really showed the Dillashaw is near that top level still and maybe still good enough to win the title we'll see Mm -hmm. so now who do you got for a list all right so i have which i was glad to hear on a lot of lists is bisping rock hold two that was where i like first started to become a fan of of bisping i didn't like how cocky rock hold was but bisping is you know uglier so i like him more <laughs> uh, uh, i also had dillashaw and brow on there for the same reasons you did he dismantled brow and then did it again in the second fight that's where i became a fan of tj as well it, like i said in our previous episode his mixing the striking into wrestling with his footwork is amazing anderson silva wideman one same reason that we said before it's just such a shock and then i had holly home rousey because like I said before, she there was talks about her beating up Floyd Mayweather or sure. men in their division or whatever. And then most shocking upset of all time for me is Matt Sarah GSP. Because GSP, similar to Silva, top of MMA at the time. Nobody knew who Matt Sarah was. Yeah, I think you got to kind of put both the Longo upsets in there. I think Sarah GSP and Silva Weidman have to make our two of our top three. And I think the third one... As much as I love that TJ one, I think you got to put home over Rousey because, like you said, like people thought Ronda was going to beat up guys. They thought she was going to go beat up Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. They were talking of that. It's right. like, yeah. Which is so crazy looking back at it now. But, um, and, right. you know, it's like, well, what were you thinking? But, you know, you buy into the hype and, you know, she was good. I'm not you know, taking anything away from her, but there was also a certain amount of hype that goes with that, and home definitely derailed it. It's tough to want to almost eliminate one from this because they're all shocking for different reasons. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to eliminate Weidman Silva first just because I think even though Weidman was a shocking upset, I think out of the three upsets, Weidman proposed the most threat, at least on paper. He was a wrestling-based fighter who had some decent stand-up and decent jiu-jitsu. And he got, he clipped him with a shot in the first one, and then, you know, Silva broke his leg in the second one. He he didn't get beat up, you know, Mm -hmm. for five rounds. So I think that's a good call. Yeah. And then, man, Sarah, GSP. Sarah comes out as, I think that's the big thing people forget about this, too. He He was a fighter on like a redemption, the ultimate fighter. Right, he had so been cut got, before, yeah, right? right, right. So he comes back cut, and it's like the Rocky story, but it's really, most, it's supposed to just be like, for a show, it's supposed to be like almost a gimmick here, right? Like he's mm-hmm. just here, and he's not going to really beat GSP. This is to like have something we can promote. Mm-hmm. He gets it done, though. And then you got Ronda Rousey, who was the biggest hype train and breaking all pay-per-view records, gets beat by Holly Holm. I think MMA purists probably like Sarah GSP, you may disagree. I'm going to go fucking Ronda and Holly. I think Ronda and Holly was the upset because I just think that 
there was this GSP at least had maybe lost a fight or two at that time. Rarely ever happened, but fucking Ronda was tapping everybody out in the first round practically. I agree because it's MMA, so you know four ounce gloves. Anyone can get clipped mm-hmm. and and lose a fight, and then you know that's basically what happened to GSP. There was no way that Ron she couldn't get anything off to to beat home and on that night so shocking i remember we went to wild wings to watch that i believe in and it was very loud in there when that happened very exciting yeah yeah that whole fucking again i um it's a crazy time i i i think that what was interesting too is that holly home also wrote off a lot of success off of that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know i mean howie did not follow that up like with you know beating up everybody she ended up losing the whole um misha tate unfortunately for her and she's had some wins in the fifth losses. round she was you know arguably oh, yeah. winning that fight so i mean she's, she's had a fine i'm not taking any waiver but my point is like despite having some wins and losses she still rides a relative high off of that win she's mm-hmm. still more likely to get a main event because she's the girl that beat up ronda rousey True. So, I think that for that reason, it means a little more. Agree, disagree. I know um, we did get some feedback on one episode. People thought we were riding Cormier's nuts a little too hard, but they did agree with our our getting rid of um, Fedor. They did back us up on that. Good, good. I thought we would get some shit for that, but we didn't. So, let's see what you guys think this time. We'd love to hear back. Do you think we got it right? You know? Tell us what you think about UFC 265. We'll find out if we got that right. I got... I got Hall wrong last week. Boy, did I get Leroy oh, Hall wrong. That was so sad. Just, yeah, that was, that was tough to watch. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Strickland, now Strickland might fight the aforementioned Luke Rockhold next, too. That's tough uh, fight. Yeah, tough fight for Rockhold. Depends what Luke Rockhold you're going to get, though, also. so. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see the Luke Rockhold of old, honestly. I mean, at this point, I don't begrudge this guy. I feel bad for this guy at this point. He's been knocked out so brutally all the time. I don't want to see him come back just to get... I don't feel bad for him. He's too pretty. (laughs) Let's see him get murdered. All right. (laughs) On that note, this is the Combat Cast. We're out. See ya. All right, so that wraps us up for this week. Thank you again for listening to the Working Fans Podcast. So as always, you can find us on Twitter at FansWorking. Our Facebook page is Working Fans Wrestling Pod. We have email where you can reach out to us and let us know what you think also. That's WorkingFansWrestlingPod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, WorkingFansWrestling underscore pod. And then as always, please continue to listen to us on Anchor.fm, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, all your major platforms. If you're following us on Apple Podcasts, which we are also on now, and YouTube, please make sure you subscribe and give us a five-star rating. It helps us bring you these podcasts where we get to talk to you and talk with you every week. 